and Mike is going to be sharing the homily with us, and then Beth is going to lead us in an immediate opportunity to put flesh to some of what we hear from Mike. But we're going to begin that time with our scripture reading, as we always do, and so Thomas is going to lead us in our scripture reading from the book of John. Cool. And Oh, as we do, let's stand. I don't know if you guys can even see us. Okay, so we'll stand. We always stand for the gospel readings, and today as we read from the book of John, we'll stand together. John 1, 6 through 8, and 19 through 28. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, When then, why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Good morning, friends. Hope everybody's having a wonderful day today. So, um, as I started reflecting on Advent, and, and what, to, what to speak about, what I was going to bring today, I got thinking about um, uh, an experience Beth and I had years ago. We went to another church. Uh, this was year, years back. Don't, don't try to play guess the church because you probably haven't heard of it. But it was, it was Christmas Eve. And, and this church, the service had all the markers that you would expect out of a Christmas Eve service, right? So you had, um, you had the decorations everywhere. You had all the families showing up just dressed perfectly like they were like cut out of their own Christmas cards and just placed into the church. You know, you had um, everyone like very aggressively saying Merry Christmas to show their devotion to the Christmas faith, you know, or the Christian faith, excuse me, um, as opposed to Happy Holidays. You know, you had a sermon that kind of hit like all the high points that you would expect in a Christmas uh, sermon. And then, then at the end, and this is where I, I want some participation. I want you to say it into your screen. Okay, I feel like a televangelist, like reach out and touch the screen. But into your screen, here's what I want here. At the end, we all stood up as one people and we sang what? Let's hear it. Okay, so um, close, right? There's probably some joy to the world out there and probably some silent night out there. Well, in this service, we rose up as one people and sang Jingle Bell Rock. I, I'm not making this up. In, in an actual church, we sing Jingle Bell Rock, and, and we're, you know, standing up on Christmas Eve, like, giddy up, Jingle Bell. And I'm like, I'm not sure how I feel about this, right? And if I'm being very honest, guys, it, it felt weird. Okay, it just, it felt weird, okay? 
So I want you to take the weirdness of that moment. Just Let's just hold it right there. Just hold it for a second because I have something else, another kind of moment I want to bring to you, okay? As you hold the weirdness of that moment, let's think about now from our lectionary, the Old Testament passage from Isaiah. Think of these words. Think of the prophets speaking these words over you, all right? <clears throat> the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion. Ah, it's more like it. <laughs> So on one hand, you have, he has sent me to bring good news to the poor. And on the other hand, you have Jingle Bell Rock. And so as I started thinking about this, I'm like, how is this the same season? How, it doesn't, no, it just doesn't work. They're, one has nothing to do with the other, and yet it's all part of one season for us. And as I reflected on that, the word that came to me, was that Christmas time is confusing. Christmas time is actually confusing when you think about it because if, I'm, if we're really honest about what Christmas time is in our culture, and this isn't a knock on it, this is just naming what it is, we've, we've kind of merged a, a winter festival along with a season of spiritual observance. And of course it gets confusing, right? You've got traditions such as trees and elves and cookies and Chinese food, which I'm totally stealing from the Lovings. Um, and you've got all that. And then you've got some kind of cadence of gathering, you know, whether it's family and friends or whether it's office Christmas parties. But there's like these observances of the season that you have. Um, you have the gift exchange, and, and it's not the gift exchange, right? It's the finishing the list of buying your gifts. That's really what we're angling for in the Christmas season, right? And, and here's the thing, all those things I just named, that's when things are going well. That's when things are going the way that we want them to go. But add to that, for so many, Christmas is a time of, of all that and loneliness and loss and, and difficulty. And so you're, you're wading through all this in a season, and, and that season's confusing. What are we to make of it? So just how confusing is it? This is another test question, right? This is interactive. This is not a trick question, but I would like you to answer this question uh, in, into your screen, in, in your phone, however you're watching us today. <clears throat> All right. What day is Christmas? Everybody here in the room, please. What day is Christmas? December 25th. Yes, that was not a trick question. David Darnell got it right first. Ooh. Candy cane for you, sir. December 25th. That is Christmas. Every year I checked, it's Christmas. All right. So let me ask you this. What is the day of the year, though, for being honest, that we solemnly observe the birth of Christ? You can say it into your computer. I'm listening. Anybody? Typically, it's the 24th. Like, Christmas Eve is kind of like the old holy night, but really the song should be like, oh, holy tomorrow night, because Chris Christmas Day is Christmas. That's his birthday. Not really, but that's the day we observe it, right? And so it's so confusing that we celebrate the day on the day before the day. That's what we've done here. So, yes, it is, it's confusing. And so, into that confusing, into that confusion, it's so easy to understand why Advent can kind of get sucked in 
to all this confusion be, and be part of the giant swirl that is Christmas time. But, but y'all, here's the thing about Advent. Advent is not Christmas time. Advent is not Christmas. Advent is, wait for it, Advent. It's its own season. That's right. In the, in the liturgical calendar, Advent was just meant to be Advent, a time of waiting and a time of space. Okay? And now, to be fair, do I love trees, elves, cookies? Uh, yeah, it's my favorite time of year, too, especially now that I'm getting Chinese food on Christmas Day. It's my favorite. I love that stuff, and I'm not knocking it at all. But here's, here's what I'm learning and, and what my heart is for this community is I believe we can actually learn to experience Advent as separate from all of that. Maybe Advent doesn't have to be swirled in with everything else that we experience as Christmas time. And so as we look at the gospel uh, message from the lectionary that Lovings just read, I want you all to imagine what might it be like to be a people who are waiting for good news. Yeah, just imagine, right? What might it be like to be waiting for good news? To set the stage a little bit, at this time, if, if you're uh, a Jewish citizen, it had been about 400 years since the last time you'd heard from a prophet of God. Oh, that's, that's forever, right? Not only that, but the, uh, they were oppressed by the Roman Empire. They were subjects of Caesar. Uh, in addition to that, and as part of that, they were, they were taxed pretty much to the point of poverty. So there are some historians that estimate that between Roman taxes, temple taxes, their tithes, and their other local taxes they had to pay, that the average Jewish citizen could have been paying between 80 and 90 percent in taxes. Oppressed and taxed to the point of poverty. This is a people that was so hungry for good news, so hungry for a word from the Lord. And then John the Baptist comes on the scene, right? And they're so hungry, they're like, we don't care if he eats bugs, just thank you. We're so glad we have a prophet now. And he comes on the scene, and to put it lightly, he has their attention, right? They're so hungry for it. And so as we, we heard about in the lectionary, some of the religious leaders of the day, they, they come to John the Baptist, and they basically kind of say, what's your deal, right? What, are we, what should we tell our bosses about you? And I want to go back to what he said, all right? This is when the leaders came to, came to John. Then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And John said to them, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Make straight the way of the Lord. And I love this. It is loaded with meaning. We, we could have done probably three weeks just on make straight the way of the Lord because there's so, so many angles to that. You see, in those days, if you're in the crowd and you're listening to this prophet of God, you would have immediately picked up on the reference uh, that John was talking about. It was a reference to actually preparing uh, for the arrival of a king. So in, in those days, uh, it was rare, but when a king came to town, it was expected it better be a, a literally a smooth path there. So they would, they would prepare the roads by removing obstacles um, and generally just making the pathway more palatable for the king and, and his entourage to make their way into town. It was a big deal 
to do this. So what John is essentially saying is the king is coming to town, everyone. The king is coming to town, and you need to make it easy for him to get here. <laughs> you need to get ready. So if there had been a tree in the way, you better cut it up. And if there's a boulder, you better move it. If it's overgrown, hack that stuff up. Clear the way and make space for the king's arrival. That essentially was what John was saying, that and many other things in that, in that loaded rich statement. And that's what I invite us to do this Advent in our own hearts and our own lives is to make space for the king's arrival. So I hope you see how this can actually be distinct from Christmas time. This time of Advent, it's meant for waiting. It's meant for space. Okay. <clears throat> so here's, uh, here's what I want to encourage all, all of us to do. I want us to encourage us in this Advent season. Here's the good news. We're only at halftime. Okay? So if it's been a crazy Advent for you, there's still time. <laughs> Let's begin with space. So what we do then, what I mean by that, one way to do that is just have times in the day where you still your mind, you still your body, and you still your heart. And as you do that, you begin to make space in the path. You begin to make way for the king's arrival. And know this, I would say making space, that's just part of preparing the way. That's not the whole of preparation, but it's certainly the beginning of the preparation for a community like ours. It's where we begin to hear from the Lord and hear the voice of love who would speak into us and help us recognize the ways we can further prepare his way. Because in that, the king, in the voice of love, in that space, that's where he begins to speak. And so for those in this time that are just going, 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 moving, so insanely fast maybe maybe the king tells you hey let's slow down as we begin to prepare for my arrival or for those of you that are hurting and there's so many out there maybe the voice of love says the king's here just come sit with me i have arrived and i will arrive or maybe there's those that are just waiting for something their heart is crying out for whatever that may be. And in that space, in the silence, the king says to you, it's going to be okay. I'm on it. I'm waiting for it too. He hears your cries. And it's in that space that he begins to speak to us. So that's my heart for this community, for the parish community, for the community in which we live, because let's face it, we don't live in a very spacious community. We might as far as like yards go and, and distance we have to travel and things like that, but in our head space, in our heart space, North Atlantans are not a spacious bunch, are we? <clears throat> and my heart is that we begin to make that space. Because remember how I talked about how confusing Christmas time is, because it's kind of like this, this great big ball of all kinds of stuff to think about? As we make space in Advent and as we observe Advent as its own thing, what we begin to do is we begin to decouple the religious observance, the spiritual observance of Advent from the winter festival. And here's the cool thing. I would tell you if we decouple those, we actually have a richer experience of both. <laughs> 
We have a rich observance of the coming and the birth of Christ. And we have a rich winter festival in Chinese food, right? It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful way to go about it. And so what's been, what's been really neat, y'all, about uh, the chance to be part of this message and be part of this uh, Advent observance um, for, uh, for the parish is just some of the common threads that have come through these messages. Um, what you may not know is we, we pretty much put these messages together independently of each other. It's not like we had planned this big thread. We met early on and we just said, let's, let's just all kind of hear what the Lord has to say and let's just share what he puts on our hearts. But this is so cool what's happening. So Christy Gordy a few weeks ago talked about sharing the light, about letting your light shine. And as I've been reflecting on that, I've been thinking about the nature of light and the nature of illumination. And you see light requires space to illuminate, right? If this is my light and there's no space, it's not illuminating anything. But as you give it space, it begins to illuminate. Then Eric Seidel last week did a wonderful job. And I was so appreciative uh, when he teed me up. I actually I sent him a text afterwards because his directive to us was to give grace and make what? Space. Thank you, David Darnell. Two candy canes to you. That's right. Give grace and make space. And so I think what's going on is it wasn't our doing. There's just this thread through this Advent observance here at the parish that the Lord would have us make space for him. Because as we make space, that is where the light of the world begins to shine in us and begins to illuminate in us. And that's where the light of the world begins to illuminate through us. This keeps coming up everywhere I'm looking. So thank you so much for this time. I wish you a Merry Christmas and I wish you a spacious Advent. So Beth's going to share with us now yeah. and lead us in a, um, an exercise to be spacious right away. We'll start right away. Um, we'll start making space, and um, we'll take a few minutes to, to quiet our bodies and our minds and listen to what the Lord might have to say to us. Um, a lot of times when we talk about making space, we're really tempted to clear all the clutter out of the way and then immediately fill it with something else that seems like a really good idea or seems like it would be helpful. Um, and I think a, a challenge maybe for against that is to let the Lord fill that space, is clear the way, clear out some space in your day, 15 or 20 minutes or five minutes, or I mean, we talk about like maybe even turning off the radio in your car or turning off the news in your house or whatever it is for you to make a little bit of room of silence and peace um, for your body and your mind. And let the Lord fill it. So we're going to do that right now. Um, and it, it's funny, we keep talking about 2020 as these crazy times and it's so unusual. And it is. But I also, in reading our lectionary passage from Isaiah, that was written 700 years before Jesus. And it was true to the Jewish people who were reading that and to the prophet. That was so deeply true 700 years before Christ. 700 years later, Jesus spoke these words in the temple. 
he spoke them to the Jewish people like Mikey was talking about who were heavily oppressed, heavily taxed, desperate for a word from the Lord. And he said, I am the fulfillment of these words. And as we read them today, and we're going we're gonna to read through them and take a few minutes to meditate on them, these words are really, really true today. They are deeply, deeply true um, for where we find ourselves today. So um, before I read, I'll, I would just invite you to still your mind, still your body, maybe close your eyes. If you want to turn off your video, that's always fine. Um, and just get comfortable and, and let your body come to a place of stillness. these words from Isaiah 61 and hear them spoken by the one who loves you most who knows the needs of your heart the Spirit of God the master is on me because God anointed me he sent me to preach good news to the poor heal the heartbroken Announce freedom to all captives. Pardon all prisoners. God sent me to announce the year of his grace, a celebration of God's destruction of our enemies, and to comfort all who mourn, to care for the needs of all who mourn in Zion. Give them bouquets of roses instead of ashes messages of joy instead of news of doom, a praising heart instead of a languid spirit. Rename them oaks of righteousness, planted by God to display his glory. They'll rebuild the old ruins, raise a new city out of the wreckage. They'll start over on the ruined cities, take the rubble left behind and make it new. And in the silence, right now, how would you like to ask the Lord to care for your needs? Talk to him about that. What good news would you love to hear your Lord speak over you this morning? What good news do you want him to speak to you?
as we hear these words again from Isaiah. Ask Jesus to help you make space for him, for his presence during Advent. And ask him to show you what making space for him might look like today, on Sabbath, this afternoon, with whatever you have in front of you for the rest of the day. Invite him to, to speak to you about what that would look like for today. Again, the words of Isaiah 61. The Spirit of God, the Master, is on me because God anointed me. He sent me to preach good news to the poor, heal the heartbroken, announce freedom to all captives, pardon all prisoners. God sent me to announce the year of his grace, a celebration of God's destruction of our enemies and to comfort all who mourn to care for the needs of all who mourn in Zion. Give them bouquets of roses instead of ashes, messages of joy instead of news of doom, a praising heart instead of a languid spirit. Rename them oaks of righteousness planted by God to display his glory. They'll rebuild the old ruins, raise a new city out of the wreckage. They'll start over on the ruined cities, take the rubble left behind and make it new. And now ask Jesus to, to give you some ideas on what it looks like to make space tomorrow, Monday, as you go back to whatever you have this week, school, homeschool, work, working from home, your, your daily life. What could it look like this week specifically to open up space in your mind in your life for the Lord's presence to come and speak this good news to you all day long. Glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
So now we'll move into our time of confession, and I invite you to share with me in confessing our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. The Lord has already shown you mercy. The Lord has already had compassion on you. The cross of Jesus has turned mourning into dancing and washed clean the ashes of repentance. He strengthens our weak knees while we still have a long way to go. Be free, we are forgiven. Laugh out loud, we are forgiven. Love God with everything, we are loved. Hmm.